Hello friends, you are listening to a pared down version of Whole and Free, a podcast serving you a heaping helping of encouraging truth to free your soul and make you whole. This is Kathy Schwanke, speaker, author, and encourager of the faithful here to help you soar on the sturdy wings of truth and love. And I might need a little bit of help soaring today myself. Uh, When I first started this podcast, I don't even remember what app I was using, but it quit working. And so I went to GarageBand, which is local to my iMac computer. And today I've recorded this message three times with the audio being just totally not even usable. And trying to fix it, I heard a man on YouTube say, just delete it, reinstall it. And when I went to reinstall it, guess what? My computer's too old for the new version, so here I am using the free version of Spotify for podcasters with no music. It is fall, (laughs) and I wonder, how are you doing? Are you one who struggles with seasonal depression or just struggling emotionally a little bit because of darkening days and coming in the house? The days are getting shorter, life is darker, and not only that, but this month has its own spiritual clouds that hover over the atmosphere and seem to oppose positive things. And it's no wonder fall, as glorious and beautiful and wonderful as the season is, is a season of loss and dying. Trees are losing their leaves and flowers are fading. The bugs will be dying. Yay for that, right? For those of you who, like me, have box elder bugs swarming the south side of your house, ick, we are looking forward to a frost here. Not really, but for that reason, or at least cooler temps. It's actually been unseasonably warm in Wisconsin. We've had 83 degrees in October. But actually, the way the bugs make me feel remind me of how I felt when I was bound by depression and darkness. I wanted to get rid of it. And that summer, the summer of the year 2000, I had been gaining ground because two of my friends had come to my house weekly and we were studying the Bible together. And I was really starting to grasp the fact, excuse me, that I had um, no power. I needed to rely on the Lord. But in the fall, when my friends had to stop meeting because our lives were busy, I suddenly got walloped again. On top of losing my time with my friends, I began experiencing conflict in my marriage more than ever before. Dale and I had sold our hobby farm to clear away deep medical debt from the birth and surgery of our son. We actually couldn't find a place in our budget after we sold our farm very quickly. And so we lived in the basement of our friend's house and they were having conflict in their marriage. It was not fun. And so after being there a couple months, we laid all the places that we had looked at out on our bed, got on our knees and said, which one would be worth fixing up? So we bought this house that thrilled me. It was all brick and it was across from the lake with a sunset view, which is my dream. Dale's dream has always been a hobby farm. Mine has been a lake. I've gotten the lake twice for a very short stint, and mostly we have lived on hobby farms. But the conflict we were experiencing was because things in our price range were not anything I wanted to live in or live through remodeling. And he was willing to do it, of course, and uh, so we were fighting. Uh, Through all of that and being very tired of experiencing conflict, I talked him into giving up 
looking for a home just for the summer, buying a pontoon instead, and going out on the lake with our kids. Well, in late summer and early fall, we went camping a couple of times and continued to spend time on the lake. But for whatever reason, our conflict was continuing to ramp up. Along with the conflict in my soul, over having conflict, I fell into that deep darkness that I've briefly shared about on the podcast, a season of insomnia, weight loss, panic attacks, and literal terror that I can't adequately describe. I was also terrified of going to the doctor and of taking meds because of what I'd heard Christian leaders say on the radio. One man said, let Jesus be your pill when he was talking about depression. And a woman was teaching about a king who went to man for help instead of the Lord and said that is why he brought more suffering into his kingdom is because he didn't rely on the Lord. And that's why I feared doctors. I knew my fear was displeasing to the Lord. I didn't want to heap more condemnation on myself through going to the doctor. But when it got so bad, and one day my mom said on the phone to me what I'd already heard a few times but had dismissed because of my fear. This time, I suppose it was because it was my mom, and I sensed God telling me what to do through her. She said, Kathy, if you were sick in body, you'd see a doctor. And so I made an appointment. I was just desperate. Rather than telling you the whole long story of my journey from that decision to my healing, I will say that my doctor knew I was fearful. He prescribed what he said was the lowest possible dose of an antidepressant called Zoloft for a year. For a year, I took 50 milligrams a day of Zoloft. When I finished my prescription, I never renewed it, and I've never visited a doctor since for depression. And I didn't really notice a difference in how I felt from taking the meds, but what I believe happened was that it was a humbling thing for me to go to the doctor and take medication. And it was my humility that God was after. It was my trust in Him that He wasn't going to condemn me for making a wrong decision. My brokenness in body and heart was actually serving my health spiritually. He wanted me to know him for who he is and not who I perceived him to be. What really served my healing was having a mentor. I've shared that. Spilling my heart brought light, both in my spiritual vision and in relief for my body. I was healing from love. Learning that what I was holding in didn't need to have a hold on me. God literally told me one day, I heard him say in my spirit, and he often talks to me that way in a phrase, Kathy, you're not a victim of your thoughts. And it was like a light bulb went on. I was so bowled over by my fears and my thoughts. And then I realized that I could stop them. I had power. My thoughts that were holding me bondage needed to escape. Several years prior to me experiencing freedom through having a mentor, I'd heard a speaker at a retreat share a word that has panned out to be a stark truth, not only in my life, but in my observation of life and of others' lives. And this is what she said, Secrecy is to sickness as openness is to wholeness. When the lies I was believing were verbalized, they lost their power and I could replace them with truth. In Psalm 32.3, We read David's words. He said, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. In this psalm, David is coming clean, and therefore he is becoming whole and free. I'm going to read the whole psalm because it's a journey uh, to freedom. 
from being in bondage, he starts out saying, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And that's really what I needed was to know that God had mercy on my fear. Verse 2, blessed is a man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. How I relate to that. But then verse 5, David said, I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. The word Selah shows up there. It shows up in the Psalms. It means pause and calmly think of that. So confession frees us. Confession brings us into the presence of mercy and we're forgiven. And I was holding it in. I was feeling condemnation. And that's where the devil wants us. David continues in verse 6, Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. We won't drown from our sin, friends, when we come to Jesus for mercy. Verse 7, David says, You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah. Think about that. He surrounds us with shouts. He is our victor. Verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. God is saying, I want to teach you. Come to me. My eye is on you. Don't be like a mule. <laughs> Come and stay near. Uh, volunteer to be with me. And then David completes his prayer here saying, many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. And that's where that healing comes from. Verse 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This freedom that Jesus offers us from the bondage of sin is glorious and makes us joyful. When the enemy feeds us lies that are familiar to us and we don't realize we can resist the thoughts he can keep us in bondage. He can make us sick by bullying us. He will use lies we've believed, words people have said, horror stories we've read, etc. And as I was learning to walk in freedom in the early to mid-2000s, I did Beth Moore's Breaking Free Bible Study. I just pulled that out recently because a couple of my friends that I went through it with and I were talking about it, and I just landed on this page where her words echo the words I'd heard at that retreat. She wrote, secrecy always provides fertile ground for shame to grow. And I recently heard someone distinguish guilt from shame. They said, guilt is, I did something bad. Shame is, I am bad. You remember Adam and Eve, they sinned and they hid from God. They felt ashamed. But God called out to them in order that they would confess. And then he covered them. He received them back. Sin came and caused shame. Jesus came to free us from the shackles of sin, to cover our shame with the robe of his righteousness, and to completely deliver us forever from the shackles of shame. From the time we accept Jesus, we are forgiven forever. From this time forth and forevermore, we are free of shame. It's just that shame is so familiar to us and we don't really get it that we are forever free. 
and the enemy loves to capitalize on our ignorance like he did with me. I was talking to my daughter yesterday, and I told her what I'm noticing is that so many books and podcasts and messages are about the same topic, just coming from different perspectives, experiences, and voices. They're about breaking us free from shame. When I pulled out my Breaking Free workbook, which I studied in 2005, I found much of my ministry content, the messages I give, this podcast, the ideas and the things that I learned uh, sprinkled through that study are still a part of my message. And I realize that since our sanctification or our growth to become more like Jesus is progressive, we never stop needing to learn We never stop needing to remember and relearn what is true. It's like our need for food. A continual diet of truth for the Spirit is necessary to grow up into Jesus, who is our head, to be more like Jesus, which is God's goal for every soul, that we would be trusting and obedient children, seeing Him instead of ourselves. This is our victory, God's unconditional love poured out in Jesus' gift of mercy. Since I am a true daughter, whether I went to the doctor or not, whether I took meds for depression or not, he would always love me. He would make a way for me to find healing. He would never take his love from me. Love is what heals us. He seals us in him with his love. He wants us home. He wants us to come to him. Now I look back and I see him in all the places I feared I was alone and rejected and hellbound. I see him encouraging me, I see him directing my steps, I see him sustaining me when I felt I couldn't go on. And all that has happened in my life has resulted in this zeal. I have a fire in my bones, a desire to serve him and give anyone who will listen a helping hand, a leg up, a word to sustain their weary hearts and a prayer for every soul I know and every heart that hears. Intimacy with Jesus is the answer. He makes you whole and free, the one and only who saves and heals and sets free our victory over the darkness and depression and deception that the enemy seeks to bind us in comes through Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. You'll know the truth, Jesus, and he will set you free. So I want to close with this from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 58. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and it's about our victory. He said, let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. (laughs) God loves revelation. (laughs) Uh, We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye with the last trumpet. And when the trumpet sounds, those who have died in Christ will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled completely. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. That's shame that we talked about. And the law gives sin its power. The law shows us where we're wrong so that we will turn to to Jesus and confess. And then verse 57, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And I'll remind you of this again.
We are free from the shackles of shame because the blood of Jesus washes away our sin. So we are not bad, but sometimes we do bad. And when we do, we need to confess it. Don't give it any place in our heart. Go to Jesus, receive that mercy. Because we know 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he keeps us blameless and he will be able to present us faultless before God on that day. When we go into the courts of heaven, we're going to be declared innocent because Jesus covered our shame. So I want to remind you of this again. My friends, the Lord loves you. Jesus died to set you free. He's with you to get you all the way home. Do your part of turning toward him and he will do his in perfecting everything concerning you, scooting close to him. Listen for his sweet voice to remind you that you are his beloved and he has delivered you from bondage in order to bond you to himself. And I'm praying for you to gain traction in living your one beautiful life, trusting Jesus on the journey, whole and free. Have a happy free fall <laughs> this October. And I will talk to you next week. I'd love for you to subscribe, share the podcast with your friends, leave a rating. And I want to just thank you again for listening. God bless you.